0: This is Erica Henry, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. We are several weeks into our testify series where I have been interviewing people in my life and giving them an opportunity to bear witness to what Jesus has been doing in their life and how they came to follow Jesus. We've had a little round of sickness in my household this week. You might actually kind of hear that in my voice. And it's thrown off our recording schedule because you may not know this, but we record the Holy District podcast nine times out of 10 on a weekly basis. This is intentionally. We want to be able to be responsive in what we share and what we talk about on this podcast so we don't get too ahead of ourselves. What that means is I'm having to pivot a little bit this week. So we're going to do something a little different rather than me interviewing um, one of our amazing guests who will be coming up in the following weeks, I'm going to just take a moment to share with you a passage from Scripture that actually inspired this series to begin with and have an opportunity for you and I to just process through it together, maybe gain some insights, and come away with a deeper understanding of what it means to testify. So I've got my Bible open to John chapter 9 the story of the man born blind, and I've got a piece of paper with notes written in my son's blue crayon that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. So if you'd like to grab your Bible and open up, we'll jump right in. Okay, John chapter 9. I'm reading today from the NIV, the New International version, and my plan for today is to start out by just reading the whole chapter. Actually, to you, um, this whole entire chapter is about Jesus healing a man who is born blind and the ripple effect of that in his community and uh, about the idea of spiritual blindness. And so I want to read the whole chapter aloud with you, give you an opportunity just to kind of hear the full story. And then once we've done that, I just think it would be cool to go through and take it section by section and pull out some insights that we might get when it comes to the idea of testimony or testifying and maybe glean some Insights and learn from Jesus as he interacts with his disciples, with this man who was born blind, and with the religious community and their response to this healing. So let's get started. John chapter 9, verse 1. As he went along, this is Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of Him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home, seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened his, the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he's our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What, are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Okay, there is a lot there, and this is actually one of my favorite stories. I say that about almost every story that we read in the Gospels. Um, and so I just want to acknowledge from the outset here that there is a lot of depth to this passage and a lot that we could chew on and meditate on, and I hope that you will. But do know that as as we go through and talk about this together, I'm going to be focusing on this on this passage from the perspective of primarily the testimony of the man born blind, and I would love to hear from you if there are other things that stood out to you that you think that we should talk about as well. And so let's just um, let's go back to the top of this chapter and notice some things together. Um, beginning this chapter, Jesus is going along, and it says that he saw a man blind from birth. And I I think it's interesting, you probably noticed as we were reading this together, that blindness and seeing are thematic, they're literal in the sense that this man in the story was literally blind. And then there's also a um, spiritual or metaphorical layer to this idea of what it means to be blind. And here Jesus is starting out the story being identified as the one who saw. Jesus saw the man blind from birth. And when this happened, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, the disciples are betraying a bias that they have here that's also no- noted later in the passage when the Pharisees cast the, the man out after saying that he was steeped in sin from birth. So there's a bias that these folks have that someone would not be born Um, with a disability unless there was some sin that caused that and and interestingly jesus's response is that neither his this man or his parents sinned so sin is not um the the individual personal sin of these these people is not the reason that this man was born blind whatever we may think and and we're not gonna hang out on this idea for very long but i i did just want to observe two things um the first thing is that there is a there's an ableism present in the disciples, and I think this is also you know present within me, and within the church. The way that um, we people of faith may tend to think about folks who are born with disabilities, um, I, th- I think has a lot of room for healing and a lot of room for growth. And I recently listened to a podcast on um, the Bible for normal people. With Amy Kenny as the guest, and I would recommend if this isn't a topic of interest for you or if bringing this to the surface is something that you're curious about, I will put that in our notes so that you can listen to Amy Kenny, who is a person with a disability, who is a follower of Jesus, and hear her perspective. And so just with that little plug, I wanted to notice that like the disciples, whether it's about this issue or other issues, we are often asking the wrong questions. You know, here Jesus saw this man, and um, the disciples, when they saw him, the question that came to their mind was just so steeped in their own preconceived notions and uh, prejudices and biases. And so they didn't ask, why was this man born blind? Or how can we help him? They asked, whose fault is it? And what i I just want to say here is what I love about Jesus is that, even though we are often asking the wrong questions, even though what um our our worldview is shaped by biases and prejudices that's hard to know and hard to see in our own selves, it's it's okay um because when we come to Jesus with our questions, when we're following Jesus, Jesus is able to take us where we need to go. He's able to. Respond to our ignorant <laughs> questions and show us a better way. And so Jesus' response was neither. Um, so like where you're, where you're coming from is kind of the wrong place altogether. But really this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And after he explains this a little more, he goes on to do this really interesting healing where he makes mud from his saliva, puts it on the man's eyes, and sends him to the pool of scentness. and the man goes and wash- washes and is healed or um, cured. cured from his blindness. And so people are seeing this happen. People know him. He's the guy who, who was begging. He couldn't work, and so he was dependent upon the generosity of his community to support him because of this disability. And there was dispute about whether or not this really was the guy. <laughs> was this really the man who had been born blind, that they'd you know, known from the time he was small he couldn't see, and that they saw him day in and day out um, begging? And people were not sure. And so he responded to this and said, I'm the man. And in stepping up and claiming that, like, yes, yes, I'm that, I'm that one, um, that begins an opportunity for people to ask questions. And so he just, asked, so he, he responds to the question. They asked, how then were your eyes opened? And simply he responds, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. And so I went and washed and then I could see. Where is the man they asked him? I don't know. What I love about this quick interaction, is I think it demonstrates for us just really how testifying works in in the day-to-day. There is the inciting uh, action where Jesus does something in our lives. And when Jesus does something in our lives, it transforms us. There's a noticeable difference, whether it is something as um, grandiose as this, literally being cured from an ailment or a disability, or something, um, a, a shift in our attitude or a mindset, a new way of being that Jesus invites us into that we actually obey, and um, with that, that it's the change, it's the behavior, it's the following, it's the doing of what Jesus said that leads to the transformation of ourselves. That actually is what gets people's attention. It's not what we know. It's not what we think. It's not our opinions. It's not our doctrine or our beliefs that we hold that typically leads people to be curious about us. It's change. It's change that is activated by Jesus and that is shown forth in our lived life that gives the opportunity for people to be curious. And he simply tells them what he experienced. They said, how then were your eyes open? He said, well, this is what happened. And then they asked him a question, where's this man? And he said, I don't know. I don't know. And I, th- I think this is so empowering for me. Um, I, I used to be, I was kind of given an um, apologetic way of thinking about my testimony in my early days of following Jesus, that the point of my testimony was try to to persuade people to become a Christian. And, um, and a lot of time was spent in preparation to be able to answer every question that people may have so that we wouldn't, we wouldn't come up empty. Um, so there was this feeling that I really shouldn't be talking about Jesus or the Bible or my experience with God, unless I knew how to answer questions about evolution or, um, abortion or, um, violence, or the problem of evil, and it became like a very heavy, intense thing to say, I have to be prepared to respond to every single question. I have to know the answer to any question that someone might ask me about God or the things of God. But I think one of the many things that the man born blind and his story shows us is that that's really actually not necessary. When They ask him questions that he knows the answer to, he tells them the answer. He tells them the answer from his experience. When they ask him questions he doesn't know the answer to, he says, I don't know. And that seems to be enough. And this continues, the questioning continues, um, because the people who are questioning are suspicious of Jesus, and they're suspicious of the man. And so they brought him to the Pharisees, and um, there is kind of at the center of this, this theme of the Sabbath, that Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, and that presents a conflict for the Pharisees. And so now the Pharisees are asking him how he received his sight. He says the same thing. He put mud on my eyes, I washed, and now I see. And then this kind of goes into now a debate. Now the question is not about what happened, but whether what happened is legitimate, whether Jesus is from God and the nature of Jesus's authority. And so the Pharisees are saying, this man isn't from God, but the people around are saying, but how could that be? And they're having this question kind of about the incident around the blind man. And they finally then turn their attention back to him and say, well, what do you have to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. And the man replied, he is a prophet. And this is uh, the second thing that I wanted to bring out about what uh, the man born blind can show us about what it means to testify. Depending on where your beliefs that you bring as you're listening to the podcast today, you may believe the same thing about Jesus, that He was a human, that He was a prophet, that He was a good teacher. Um, for me and for those who follow Jesus as Lord, we uh, in the Christian faith, we believe that He is a prophet, but He's more than a prophet. We believe that He's the Son of God, the Son of Man, that He's the chosen one, anointed by God to be the King of the cosmos, that He's the Incarnation of God and that he reveals God fully to us. And so here is this man who was born blind, who had an encounter with Jesus that changed him so much that it's causing all these people to be curious and suspicious and question what's going on. And they ask him, what do you have to say about him? And he said, he's a prophet. And that is who Jesus is to this man at this point in the story. And that's good. I think it's important to to recognize that, um, uh, actually, Daniel shared this with us in two uh, two weeks ago in our podcast. Jesus is many things to us and, and will be different things to us as we are on our journey of faith and on our spiritual journey. And the man is sharing right now from the position that he's in based on the encounter that he's had with Jesus so far. And so far, Jesus is the prophet who healed him. And that's his story and that's his testimony. And notice what happens after that. They still don't believe. They still don't believe him. They don't believe that he was blind. They don't believe that he received his sight. And actually, they um, they go and fetch his parents, to to I think probably discredit him. And his parents are fearful because it's clear that there is a prejudice present within the the Jewish leaders. Um, they they were not willing to allow anyone who acknowledged Jesus as a Messiah to be a part of their community, to be a part of the synagogue. And so now this this testimony is not this is not a situation where the blind man is proclaiming what Jesus has done for him, and now all the people want to flock to Jesus, and everybody is so happy and celebrating that this man who was blind from birth has now been cured, is actually having the reverse effect so testifying isn't always about people hearing the good things that God has done and then them responding in a positive way. We see this happening with this man born blind, and his parents verify that yes, in fact, this is their son. Yes, in fact, he was born blind, and then that's about all that they're willing to um, all that they're willing to to say because of the risk to them of being um, forced out of their community should they acknowledge that Jesus is the Messiah. So they bring the man back a second time, and they say, "Give glory to God by telling the truth." We know this man is a sinner. And I love how he replies. He says whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. So, just taking some lessons from this man, this man who was born blind and has now can see and is being interrogated at this point. He's being interrogated and questioned and trying, you know, contradicted even though he's just saying here's what happened. Here's what I was like before I encountered Jesus. I did what Jesus told me to do. And now this is what, what's gone on. I don't know what kind of person he is. I don't know what he's about, but here's, here's all I know. This is what I was like before. This is what I'm like now. And, um, they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And I mean, this is getting repetitive at this point. And he answered, I've told you already, and you didn't listen why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And I'm, I'm reading some levity into this. This is not a man who feels that he needs to defend Jesus. This is not a man who feels like he needs to get these people on his side. This is not a man who is um, concerned in any way that these people see Jesus the way that he does. He's just, he's just answering their questions and doing so in a way that's a matter of fact. He doesn't need them to respond to him in any kind of way, even though we're seeing that there's actually maybe some consequences in the faith community for how people respond. And um, they end up insulting this man and casting him out of the synagogue. And that is, um, that's where Jesus finds him again in verse 35. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, And I love that detail. That means that Jesus, after hearing that he had been thrown out of the synagogue, Jesus looks for him. He looks for him, and he finds him, and he says to the man, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And once again, this just simple honesty of the man born blind. He says, Who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus reveals to him that Jesus is, in fact, the Son of Man. And the man responds with belief, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And we wrap up this chapter with Jesus coming back to this theme of blindness. He said, For judgment I have come into the world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. And we know now from reflecting on this passage together that there is a blindness, there is a spiritual blindness represented in the leaders of this faith community at this point in time. There is who we who we are seeing and who John, the author of this gospel, is proclaiming to be the one, the Messiah, the King, who is coming to redeem Israel and through that all of the nations and all creation, who is here and who who is doing the very things that the prophets proclaimed that the chosen one would do. And yet here the people most knowledgeable in the scrolls and in the Torah are refusing to acknowledge that one, They are choosing blindness. They are choosing to not see what what God is up to in their midst. And interestingly enough, some Pharisees who were with Jesus heard him say this and said, what, are we blind too? And Jesus says, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. And I'm taking away from this last that this last response from Jesus, this emphasis on humility. And I think that's important whenever we're talking about our testimony and the opportunity to bear witness. When we come into opportunities to share how our lives have intersected with Jesus, how Jesus has found us and and shaped our lives and changed our lives, um, if we do that without humility, if we do that convincing ourselves that we know everything or must know everything in order to share or in order to um, be faithful. If we have decided what the story of God is, and um, we rely on that story uh, instead of actually following Jesus, who is God, then we risk becoming blind. And not only do we risk becoming blind, but we, we risk becoming so arrogant in our faith and so arrogant and what we think we know to be true that not, not only are we blind but we are moving away from the the people that god has created us to be whenever we truly don't know and understand when whenever we are truly blind like jesus said the the way that we engage the world is uh, he says you would not be guilty of sin if you were blind you would not be guilty of sin so, so there is a grace, there's a grace for us whenever we make mistakes out of ignorance. But whenever we choose to close our eyes and when, when we choose our own ways of thinking and our own traditions and our own need for security and comfort, and we refuse to see what Jesus is up to in our midst as he does new creation work, and we claim that we know, and we claim that we see clearly, and in that, we shut ourselves off to the unexpected and upside-down kingdom that Jesus is bringing. We're actually um, bringing guilt upon ourselves. And it's in this story that we see the, the people who are the least and at the edges are actually the, the greatest and the, the most apt to see. What Jesus is up to. And the man who was born blind here is lifted up as the example in this passage. And so as we wrap up this week's episode, I just want to invite you to consider this passage. Consider all the different people that are a part of the story. The man who was born blind, the people who witnessed the disciples asking their kind of wrong-headed questions, Jesus bringing new creation the Pharisees and the synagogue leaders Who do you who do you feel the most resonance with right now Is it the disciples who are kind of caught up in the why is this happening and whose fault is it Is it the man born blind that needs to that needs Jesus and that receives from Jesus and then has an opportunity to tell about it? Maybe you can relate to the Pharisees and the synagogue leaders. Maybe there's some areas in your life where you're feeling kind of threatened and you're seeing people in the community of faith that are experiencing Jesus in a way that feels very uncomfortable to you and you don't know if you can trust it. Maybe you're resonating with the role of Jesus, that you are feeling sent to see and find those who have been left out and discarded, and that there's something that you can do about that, that, that there's a way that you could carry the kingdom toward that person and invite them into the healing holiness of Jesus. sure, just take a moment to reflect on this passage. Maybe turn back to your Bible and skim it, scan it, listen to it again. What is Jesus trying to say to you in John chapter 9? this is where we're gonna wrap up our podcast for today as always i would love to encourage you to take as long as you need to sit with this passage to meditate on it reflect on it and to share with us any insights that you gained that i didn't talk about today on this week's podcast next week we're going to pick it up with some more guests we'll have a few more interviews before we wrap up the series and move on to our next topics and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from them as well I'm really grateful to be on this journey with you, to have you listening and being a part of our Holy District community via our podcast, and I would love to invite you to take a next step and connect. You can find out how to join one of our gatherings in person on our website, holydistrict.org, and you could sign up for a spiritual direction session with any one of our pastors there as well. You could also find us on social media at Rediscover Sacred on Facebook and Instagram, Or you can always just send me a note uh, via email, E-R-I-C-K-A at holydistrict.org. We love being a part of this community via our podcast, but we love even more getting together in the flesh, in person, and building relationships with one another, and growing our community together. So thanks for being a part of that, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. The Holy District is a growing network of people in the United States who are finding creative ways to live integrated, Jesus-centered lives in our communities, with our communities, and for our communities. We're dedicated to rediscovering the sacred and the everyday spaces where we already live, work, and play. And we're so grateful that you're along on the journey with us.